Let's make our confession and believe for the Spirit of God to lead and guide us. Are you ready? I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. And now, for the only but the goody that is eternally locked in my heart, the Word of God is true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Everybody say amen. amen. Chris, do you mind me saying what your what Mike used to tell me about how when he met with your dad and said, "Is it okay if I marry your daughter?" John Beal has been with us from the very beginning. He's in heaven right now. He said, Mike said, John looked at me and said, "Are you sure you know what you're getting into?" <laughs> You can, you can all be seated. I'll never forget that. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. You are in the right place. Hey, Pam, you want to share a brief word about, uh, well, you don't have to be brief, but about uh, Wednesday night? It's going to be fun. It's. I've listened to all four of the, the ones that we picked out of eight. And uh, truly, you can come married, not married, um, maybe had a marriage and didn't end the way you wanted to. It's just for everybody. Oh, you mean the Wednesday night with the seven? Yep. Oh, okay, the Wednesday night with the seven. Well, this is something I saw in Tulsa uh, about a year and a half ago when I went out there for awesome. something. Yeah, and it's so much fun because in seven minutes, and we ring a buzzer at the end of seven, <laughs> Brandon, you won't have any trouble. <laughs> I see you smiling at me, but uh, yeah. <laughs> This will be Brandon's first time to do anything like this. And we have a young man, Braden Harbolt, who's just a sophomore out at Harrison. And I just felt, you know, I, I felt, I prayed, and, and just seven different people that you would not hear in any other arena probably. Uh, and you can look in your bulletin at their names. But it's, it's really good. The messages are great. They're phenomenal. The last time I thought, wow, we have a lot of good speakers, preachers, teachers in this church. And so uh, all ages, uh, just all personalities. So uh, please come because no matter who you are in your, in your life, wherever you're living right now, one of them is going to speak into your heart what you need to hear because that's just uh, the way God does it when we do this. So I invite you all to come. It was really a lot of fun the last time, really did. I don't know if I introduced uh, when we dedicated the child, but Michelle back there, that's Aunt Michelle and Aunt Ticey over there. Give them a hand. This is their first, well, not their first time with us. but Okay, the word, the word of the Lord today uh, is what controls your life? And uh, that's an interesting question. So turn to your neighbor and just ask him, what controls your life? And we're going we're gonna to talk about that in, in just a moment. But see, your, your life is controlled by something. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, we're going to laugh a little bit because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So and this, one, this one I think is kind of cute. I think about you, honey, on this one. A husband and a wife got into a petty little disagreement, little argument. 
and uh, neither of them would admit the possibility that the other might be in error. So to her credit, the wife finally said, look, I'll admit I was wrong if you'll admit I was right. <laughs> and the husband thought for a moment, took a big deep breath, and said, okay. So the wife also took a big deep breath, looked her husband in the eye and said, I was wrong. He looked at her and smiled and said, you're right. <laughs> this one I think is so cute. Supposedly this is a true story. You know, um, for Derek and Annabelle and for all of you that have children, you need to set an example for your children. Uh, you know, pray at meals, pray for uh, healing. Uh, children love to imitate. And that's why it's so important when God said that we are to be imitators of God as dear little children. So parents set the example, and then when children grow up, they follow that example. And even if you have a child that drifts the other way, if they had an example, they know where to come back to. And the example is the things of God. So this father was uh, taking his five-year-old son to McDonald's when they saw an accident up ahead that looked like it had blocked the road. And the father saw this as a teaching moment, so he said to his five-year-old child, we really need to pray. And the prayer startled the father when he heard the five-year-old son say, God, please don't let the entrance to McDonald's be blocked. <laughs> oh, that would be a five-year-old. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, and I'm going to be... Uh, Sharon, I feel like the word of the Lord is, you know, what really does control your life? And all of us can come up with different uh, examples, different answers. We can say, well, the Lord controls my life, or the Holy Spirit controls my life, or the Word of God controls my life, or guys, I've never really thought about that, but it seems like the kids are controlling my life, or uh, my boss is controlling my life, or whatever. But the bottom line is that what is controlling your life are your thoughts. Your thoughts and, and the dominant thinking that you produce yourself controls your life. It will take you in a direction that you want to go because of what you're thinking. So thinking produces control in your life. We know that God wants our mind to be renewed. Romans chapter 12, that we don't be conformed to this world, but we, we, we be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we'll know the perfect will of God. And that when we understand that God wants us to line up with what he wants. He wants our mind to think what he wants us to think. He wants our thoughts to be established so that our mind will be renewed and so that we'll be going in the direction to fulfill our plan upon this earth. Now think about this for a moment. We pray this over Beckett. I pray this over every one of you. You are on this earth by divine appointment to run the race that God has set before you and to fulfill that plan and that purpose. And that someday your life on this earth will end and you will 
end up standing before God, and you will give an account of your life, and you will be rewarded in heaven based on the race that you ran. And I believe that, now this doesn't say it specifically in Scripture, but I believe that you will be accountable to God for what he told you he wanted you to do with your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, he's telling you what to do. God is showing you the direction. He's telling you what to do with your life. And it's coming from his spirit into your spirit to produce your thoughts. You are responsible for what you think. Is that not an interesting thought? Tell your neighbor, you are responsible for what you think. Nobody can make you think anything that you don't want to think. You have a free will. And the word of God in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, says this. Commit your works to the Lord, or commit your ways to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. In other words, you will think things based on what God wants you to think if you have committed it to the Lord. The world is after the thought lives of individuals. I don't know how many of you remember this, but uh, years ago, back, back in the 50s, the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, uh, uh, weighed in on advertising that was being done on television. And what was happening on television was they had begun, they had researched out a lot of the food companies, and they researched out that subliminal advertising worked. And subliminal advertising is something that happens so fast and flashes before you on the screen, you don't even realize it, but it downloads into your mind and when you walk into the store, that subliminal ad kicks in and you see the product and you're drawn to it to want to reach out and take it. And, and, and they realized that that was mind control and that they outlawed subliminal advertising. Folks, I believe it's back again in the realm of the spirit of the Antichrist. And it's going on all over. And what happens is when people begin to think wrong thoughts, they begin to believe wrong things. And when they begin to believe wrong things, they begin to do wrong things. We're living in a nation and a world, I believe, but especially this nation, where we're pretty evenly divided, unbelievably evenly divided on things that are absolutely, absolutely contrary to the Word of God. And what's happening is, is that these people that believe things that are contrary to the Word of God really believe what they believe. They really believe that. And, and uh, by the way, we're going to take a minute and pray for the state of New York. What a demonic, evil uh, law they just passed that you can abort a baby all the way up through nine months right now. That is evil personified. Now, when you think about that, and you say, well, I don't know whether how I feel about this or how I do about that. Well, if you don't know how you feel about abortion, it's because you've been, you've been thinking wrong thoughts. You either believe the Word of God or you don't believe the Word of God. You either believe the leading of the Holy Spirit or you don't believe the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if you think a wrong thought often enough and long enough, you will have belief in a wrong thought. And that's why it's so important. God wants to establish our thoughts. Father, we lift up the state of New York. 
what an evil demonic law they have passed. I can't even imagine what it must be like for somebody to perform an abortion on a nine-month-old baby or any baby. That is a baby that is alive in the womb, covered by you, all of its inward parts, just like it says in the book of Psalms. And Lord, I don't know what it's going to take, but whatever you deem necessary to make it happen, let it happen in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, you know, it's time that we understand the power that we have to bind and lose. Some people might say, well, don't we love everybody? We love people, but we don't love the demonic forces that drive people. Does that make sense to all of you? If that makes sense to you, just wave your hand. We love people, but we don't love the demonic force that drives him. When Jesus was confronted with Peter, apparently in love, and it's a, I forget where it is right now, I'll think of it in a minute, but, uh, but Jesus had told Peter that, that uh, he was going to be going to the cross, and Peter said, no, you're not going to the cross, and it said Jesus turned around and rebuked him and said, Satan, get thee behind me. This is his friend Peter, and he called him, Satan, get thee behind me. It's because he was believing the wrong Thing. And when you believe the wrong thing, you will go the wrong direction. Let's all say it. I'm going to believe the right thing. Now, we're going to go to Genesis here and set this up on how important it is for you and me. Because from the very beginning of the creation of man, God wanted man to think just like him. He wanted us to be just like him. He created us in his image so that we would be in dominant control on this earth and that we would be in charge. And the word of God is very clear that man was created to have dominion. Let's all say, I was created, I was created. to have dominion. But in the Garden of Eden, it's, uh, God said in the book of Genesis that, that there were trees that were there, the tree of life and other trees that were good for man and that they could partake. He and Eve could partake after Eve was created, that they could partake of any tree that they wanted. But there was one tree in that garden that they couldn't. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, when you partake of that tree, then you will experience a death. Their spirit man would die. You would be separated from God. And that that's something that you had to stay away from. How many of you here today know right from wrong? Can I see your hands? Everybody, everybody knows right from wrong. Let's see your hand. Now, how many of you know, can I see your hand, that you shouldn't do wrong? Can I see your hands? Everybody look around. Okay. Great. Now, let me see the hands of all the people that you know you do wrong. Everybody look around. Okay. This is sad. Not too smart. <laughs> now, now, why do we do what we know we shouldn't do? Like Flip Wilson used to say, and the devil made me. You got to be pretty old to remember Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. Folks, the devil can't make you do anything. Powers and principalities can't make you do anything. People can't make you do anything. Nobody can make you do anything unless you think to do it. And then you begin to think it, and then you begin to do it because you let your mind go the way of your thoughts. You will always, always in your mind move toward your dominant thoughts. Change your thought life. You'll change your life. Change the way you think. 
you'll change your way. But if you don't change the way you think, it's not going to happen. You'll continue to go the direction. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to look at two scriptures here because it is so true in all of mankind today. It's just repeating itself over and over again. Sometimes when I see what's happening in the world, and really probably more so in the, in the world, in our country, I just shake my head. And, and there have been times I've really said, God, is there really any hope? When I see things that are happening and moving the direction uh, that they're moving. And, and it, but there is hope. Everybody say, there is hope. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, God spoke to Eve. Why he picked on Eve, we don't know. Adam might have been asleep. If she had the Hallmark Channel on, I'm sure he was <laughs> asleep. Glory to God. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, when Christmas, <laughs> some of you guys know what I'm talking about. When Christmas was over, I thought, thank you, Jesus these Hallmark love shows are over. I, I wasn't even thinking Valentine's Day follows up Christmas. And now it's Valentine's Day. And the plots are so exciting. I mean, you know, you would never know how it's going to end. Finally, last night, and I have to be careful with my wife. I didn't realize this. I finally, I was trying to watch a show with her. I really was. I was, I was trying. And finally, I had a, a blanket, a little <laughs> blanket over it. Finally, I had just had it, and I pulled the blanket up over my head and fell asleep. And uh, when I finally woke up, she said, you're on Facebook. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, I took a picture of you and, and posted on Facebook that Bill's finally checked out on Hallmark. Well, <laughs> I, honey, I do try. I, I do try. But in, but in Genesis, the devil came to Eve and he challenged her just like the world system under the control of the devil is challenging each one of us today. And the challenge was this, has God really said this? Now, it doesn't say in the Bible that the devil did that. Eve said, well, I don't know. And then it happened. We don't know the time frame that it happened. The time frame is not listed in the Bible. But we do know this, that Eve responded to the devil. The serpent was more cunning than any beast and, 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 uh, which the Lord had made and, and said to the woman, has God really said that you should not eat uh, of, of every tree of the garden? So he's, he's, he's trying to twist the word of God. The Word of God is being twisted today, twisted right out of our schools, uh, twisted right out of uh, 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 some areas of the country. Switzerland, I think it's Switzerland. Is that where Alf Ekman is? Sweden. Sweden, a uh, man that we knew out in Tulsa who had a mega church in, in Sweden, uh, Alf Ekman, uh, uh, they, they passed a law in Sweden that from the pulpit you cannot... Uh, say anything about homosexuality negative uh, it is a hate crime and he said you call it whatever you want but I'm preaching the Word of God and that it is a sin against mankind and it is a sin against God and they arrested him put him in prison well they finally let him out but he continued to preach now 
Some people might say, no, wait a minute. Why are you talking about things like that? That's what the devil wants to hear. Don't talk about things like that because somebody might feel bad about themselves. So don't talk about things that, you know, socially are now acceptable. Folks, the devil is so cunning. Turn to you, tell, the, tell your neighbor, the devil is very cunning. And so he comes and he says, did God really say that? Now, first of all, Eve had power authority and dominion over the devil and so did adam so she could have commanded the devil but instead she started talking to the devil and she said well yeah we, we might eat of the fruit of, of the garden and she began to ponder that she began to think about that thought and she began to download that thought into her mind and eventually she began to act upon that but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god has said you shall not eat it nor shall you touch it lest you die now listen to this right here eve was moved by thinking wrong thoughts and some people might say eve was deceived because she didn't know she did know because she responded to the thought from the enemy, I'm not supposed to do that. But then it goes on, and it says that you shall not. What, look at what the devil says next. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. You will not surely die. Now the devil comes and directly contradicts what God had said. We are living in a world of contradiction of what the world has said right now. We're living where people are, we're living in the days of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, come back next week because it's going to be more exhilarating. Now, we're, I, now, I knew when God was giving me this message, I said, God, people love to jump and shout and clap their hands and all this kind of stuff. But I believe that we need to know the truth. Because, see, it's the truth that sets you free. Pam's first message for this year was talking about the truth and sharing the truth in love, but with firmness and, with, and, and not being concerned about what people think. When Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We've got a lot of people in this world today that need to know the truth so that they can be set free to share the truth with other people. And what happens if we don't do this, then we continue to live in a fallen society where people are moving the wrong direction. What controlled Adam and Eve in the garden? Was it the devil? Nope. It was their entertaining thoughts contrary to the word of God. Now, everybody point to your mind, your, where your little old brain is. It's right up here in case you're wondering. Okay, and, and, and let's just say it. My brain controls my thoughts and my thoughts control my brain in other words your mind needs to be set on the things of the spirit of the living god and the word of god so that we can pursue everywhere we go what the word of god says first chronicles 28 9 says that the lord searches the heart and he understands the intent of our thoughts so in other words, we have to get to the point in our life when we are going to think like God, talk like God, and walk like God. That is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, that you and I are to be imitators of God 
as dear little children. That was the plan of God in the Garden of Eden. That is still the plan of God today, that we would think like God thinks. How do you know how God thinks unless you know what God's Word is and His Spirit? Jesus gave us two of the most important things in the entire Bible. In the book of Matthew chapter 4, when the devil showed up. Now remember, the devil never had any authority on this earth. Powers and principalities had been cast down, and God's original intent, everybody say original intent, was for his people to rule on this earth, that we would have dominion over the entire world world. That has been restored to us if you understand what we're going to talk about in just a moment. But what happened was that because of that, because of they, they, they would think thoughts that did not line up with the word of God, then it was all lost for a season until Jesus came. And Jesus said when confronted by the devil in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, he confronted the devil head on when the devil tried to do the same thing to Jesus that he did to the first Adam and did to Adam's wife, when he said to him, did God really say? And Jesus responded and said, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's all say it. I should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What inundates the airwaves today? Facebook, technology, Twitter, everything like that, television, all sorts of things, iPads, iPods, uh, all phones, cell phones, all of this kind of stuff. If you took the average person to determine how much time do we spend on technology away from God and how much time do we spend on the things of God, many people would say, well, if I go to church once a week, I give them an hour and a half of all of my 168 hours a week. We are living in total warfare, and people don't know it. When you don't know that you're in war, you have a dangerous situation. And so what we've got to do is get to the point where I'm going to live to the best of my ability on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What does the Bible say about things? What does my prayer journal say about things? This is what I think. Every day when I get up, I try to say this. I'm sure some days I miss it. But every day when I get up, I try to say this. Thank God for the victory that I have. I am steadfast. I am immovable. I am always abounding in the work of the Lord. There are days I don't even want to get out of bed. There are days I don't even believe and feel what I'm saying, but I know this. I know it's the Word of God, and I know if I say it often enough and long enough and think it often enough and long enough, I'm eventually going to start to believe it. And when I start to believe it, I'm going to act like it. And when I act like it, I'm going to be able to use it by God. So let's all say it. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. But then here's what the devil will do. He'll come around and say, well, he doesn't know how bad it is. He doesn't really care about you. He, he, you know, he doesn't really care about what you're going through. Folks, whatever you're going through, go through it. Get over it. Move through it, around it, under it, or whatever. But be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Let's all say, I have the victory. If we have the victory, what should we look like? We should look like we have the victory. Second thing Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15, he said that the, when the spirit of truth has come, past tense, when the spirit of truth has come, he will lead and guide you into all truth, and he will show you things to come. God is speaking to each and every one of you today. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God's speaking to you. If you have 
your prayer journal, you're writing everything down God's speaking to you. If you don't have your prayer journal, it's possibly going in one ear and out the other ear through your spirit, and you're not retaining it. But if you retain it and you put it before you and you say, this is what God has shown me, boy, I don't know. This is beyond where I am, but I tell you what, I think it's God. Then, therefore, I've got it. And that scripture in John chapter 16 goes on in verse 14 and 15 to say that the things that I had from my father, I am now declaring them to you. You will have everything that you have need of to run the race that is set before you when you will do what I've shown you to do. So therefore, every day is a new day and an exciting day. I may not be able to save everybody that I, I want to see saved, but I can be on an assignment from God and so can you tell your neighbor, you are on an assignment from God. And we're going to run the race that God has set before us to fulfillment. Now, when, when God gave us this example, the, he, he's trying to restore all of mankind back to our original intent in the garden. In the garden, in the image of God, living like God and only having knowledge of the word of God by partaking of the tree of life and by taking of all of the other trees that were good, but staying away from entertaining evil. We are restored through Jesus to be like that. So when you look at, at uh, uh, Joshua, I'll just share this real quickly with you as an overview. But Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 is kind of a microcosm of how God wanted it all to be. God spoke to Joshua and said, If you'll meditate my word day and night, you will have good success everywhere that you go. Don't ever be discouraged. Be encouraged. Don't ever be dismayed. Don't ever be down. That is God's will for each and every one of us. That's what I said. I should never be down. Always up. Meditating. Thinking. The Word of God. How many of you know that works? How many of you know that works? Now, in one split second, your mind can go from what you should be thinking to what the enemy wants you to think over here in the world system. One complete second. That's why it's so important that we guard our heart and we guard our mind. And in the book of Philippians, it tells us how to do that. And if you'll ever get a clue, uh, to, to uh, not a clue, but if you ever get into the scripture and realize that God is telling us through Paul, writing this in prison, by the way, how we should live our lives so that we are thinking thoughts that will give control of our life to the Lord. Everybody say, God wants to control my life. He really does, but he's given us a free will. So he's not up there beating us with a hammer. It's not old covenant. It's new covenant, but he's given us a free will. And if you'll think like me, if you'll act like me, if you talk like me, if you do what I've shown you to do, all of my blessings will come upon you and overtake you. But if you don't, you're going to fall prey to the world, and you're going to be separated from me, and it's going to break my heart because I want to bless you. Tell your neighbor, God wants to bless you. But just like an unruly child, you're not going to bless the unruly child. You're going to discipline and love the unruly child so that they can get in a position to be blessed. Now, look at what it says here. Kelly shared some of this last Wednesday night. She had a great message. Be, now, this is the word of God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. Let's all say it. So far, so good. 
Now, verse number 8 goes on to tell us exactly how we should pray. Now, Paul is in prison writing this epistle or this later letter, and he could be saying, I'm in prison and it didn't work. All hell broke loose and I don't know what's going on. This is a horrible, rotten prison and I don't know when I'm going to get out. Not at all. He turns around and says, everything is going great. It's, 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 it's okay. He says, finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Folks, this will eliminate all gossips. I don't do Facebook for two reasons. Number one, I don't totally understand it, even to this day. Number two, I don't like it. It's a gossip, gossip, gossip gossip. Now, every once in a while, you'll see somebody on there with, with Christ-centered things, and it's really great. But for the most part, it looks like a bunch of gossip. People on a party line telling everybody what they had for lunch and how they don't like the person that served it. <clears throat> Whatever. But li listen to this. This is how you and I are to act. Well, what? This, this is beyond our imagination. Boy, I'm going to have to finish. This is beyond our imagination. Man was created never to think bad thoughts. Man was created never to know evil. Man was created in the exact image of God. And we were created to rule the world, to have dominion over the entire world. The devil has no power, no authority, and no dominion since Jesus came and gave his life. We have been restored to the original intent of God. So therefore, I will not think evil thoughts. I'll think good thoughts. Now, do evil thoughts come? Sure they do. Cast them down. Don't give it the time of day. I am going to think like this. I'm going to meditate what is true. What is true? Well, the truth is I have the victory. The truth is I'm steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of God. Are these thoughts that I'm thinking noble? Are they just? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they a good report? Do they have virtue? That's a word dynamis, if the, uh, where we get dynamite. Is, is there something praiseworthy for God? Then I'm going to meditate them. And then it says the things you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. And then Paul goes on to say, I have learned how to abound, whether it's much, I am content in all things. Everybody say, I am content, I am content. In, all in all things. Every single one of you have things in your life that you wish were changed to line up and conform the way you know God wants it to be. Family, friends, situations, people not doing the right things. And seemingly... It hasn't changed, but it does not need to change you. It does not need to control you. It is the will of God you never be anxious. It is the will of God you never be fearful. It is the will of God that you never be overloaded with stress. It is the will of God that you would have the mind of Christ. It is the will of God that the peace of God would flow through you. It is the will of God when it says that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you sound mind. No person can control your thoughts. No person can control your destiny. No devil can control any part of your life unless, everybody say unless, unless you decide to come into agreement and meditate those things that you know are not right. And I want to pray for all of you tonight, this, this morning.
Because I know this from my own life, no different than yours. There are times when a thought will come to me, and instead of taking it captive and casting it out, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says we examine every thought, and any thought that is contrary to the word of the Lord, any thought that is contrary to what Jesus has given us, we take that thought and we cast it out, and we replace it by meditating the word of God. I'm going to live a long and healthy life. A long and healthy life. Devil told me one day laying in the hospital bed, I'm going to kill you. I had a visitation. I'll never forget this. It was the devil personified. It wasn't like I saw him. I felt him. He is one creepy dude. And I heard this so loud and clear. I'd shared it with my wife. I'm going to kill you. And just for a moment, that thought continued in my mind. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You didn't have that thought, I'm sure, but how many of you know what I'm talking about? A thought, a creepy thought, just like, oh, wow, oh, jeez, no, I'm living a long, healthy life. I got my prayer journal. God told me what I'm going to do, so I may carry the 10 cents, but I am going to live a long and healthy life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to live a long and healthy life. I went to a workout place just the other day to see about signing up and I told the guy, I said, do you monitor people here? And he said, yeah, do you need some kind of monitoring? I said, I got 10 stents. He said, 10 stents? What did you get those for? And I said, I didn't have anything else to do. I just thought I'd get some. some. <laughs> Don't let anything steal the word of God. Now think about this. What if we could only think the word of God? What if we could only meditate the word of God? What if every time a thought tried to come to us, we immediately recognized it as an attack from the enemy, something from the world system, and we immediately captured it and cast it down? That is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. That is the will of God that you never think a negative thought. I want to say that again. Will of God, you never think a negative thought. And your mind may be saying already, how in the world can you do that? You may have the thought come, but you don't have to think it. You can cast it down. Let's all stand to our feet. And God has us on an assignment. And this assignment is assignment of victory. And I know you hear me say this scripture all the time in this church. But I love it. It resonates in my body, in my spirit. Whenever I say it, I feel stronger. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory. I am steadfast. I am immovable. I am always abounding in the work of the Lord. What about this? I am steadfast. I am immovable. Nobody can control you unless you let them. And the person that wants to be in control in your life is the power of Almighty God. Jesus came and gave us the example. And then he said, I'm leaving now, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And every bit of power and authority and dominion that I have, I'm giving it to you. And everything that you do, I bless it. And I'll be there with you when it lines up with the will of my Father. Two of my favorite scriptures. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. 
Every one of you going through a real hard situation right now, raise your hand. Somebody's going to pray for you. Lift it up real high. Believers, look around at all the hands. Get them up high. Get them up high. Don't be embarrassed. Go to somebody quickly with their hands raised. Let's begin to pray one for another. Whatever it is you're facing, it's going to pass. You are victorious. You are in the midst of a storm. Steadfast. You are immovable. You are always abounding in the work of the Lord. You may fall down, but you're going to get back up. You're going to go from glory to glory. Your mind is going to be renewed, and you are going to accomplish God's plan and God's purpose for your life. It has been ordained in heaven. God has a plan. Father, I pray for every person. I pray for that burden to lift off, burden of finances, burden of relationships. Lord, back on the original plan, the original plan, following you, pursuing you, becoming all that you have called us to be. We thank you for that. We decree it because it is your will. In the name of Jesus, we decree it. And everybody that agreed said, let's go out with this confession right now. I can do, I can do. All, things all things through Christ, through Christ. who strengthens me. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And one more time, thanks be to God who gives me the victory. Therefore, I am without a doubt, steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand.